Welcome to episode four of the Mike on Much podcast. I am here with my friend and producer, Max Kerman. Max, how's it going? Pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Actually, Uh, I'm not feeling pretty good. Max has some troubling news for this episode. But before that, we want to let you know that even though it is only the fourth episode of the Mike on Much podcast, it is a very special episode, Max. Why why is that? Well, it's because this is the MMVA special, the Much Music Video Awards. We also just broke 100 Twitter followers. (laughs) Things are happening. Yeah, We'll get into all of the MMVA stuff. And then later in the show, we're going to have uh, our friend Shane Cunningham come on. And uh, he has his own MMVA story, which I am a, a part of as well. So we'll get into that later. But first, Max, what happened this weekend, man? So uh, Friday night, I um, went out with some friends. And then I slept at Lauren's house, my girlfriend Lauren. I, came, I drove her to this thing she had to be in the morning. Came back to my place. I'm about to go for lunch at around noon. Alex my, is my roommate. Uh, he says, Max, I can't find my wallet. I said, okay, you've probably left it somewhere. And then I say to myself, hmm, I can't find my laptop or my new sunglasses. I bought my first pair of non-$5 sunglasses. <laughs> it was a big purchase. It was a big purchase I, I remember. Yeah, I got some nice Ray-Bans. Uh, and then Alex said, Allie, my girlfriend, can't find her backpack. Oh, and also, <laughs> the window is Propped open with a, with a random stick from the outside world, and no one knows how that got there. It seems like we've been robbed. You guys are like uh, you should be detectives that you put this all together <laughs> yeah. after a half an hour of discussing this. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> and the thing is, we leave our door unlocked all the time. So that's sort of the funny thing to me is they could have just walked right through the front, but they they went this <laughs> they elaborate took the window. Yeah, they took the window. They yeah. want to be more like real seasoned criminals. So when the cop comes over, he's this guy, this Hamilton cop. He's like he's really cool. Like I liked him. He was like swearing all the time, I think. And he was he kept on calling our house a frat house. <laughs> uh, he's like, oh, this is called a frat house, huh? Uh, the, I'll be uh, pleased to say that uh, the criminals did not take my Junos, though, that were sitting on top of the piano, nor did they take any um, Arkell's merch, which your brother, who uh, uh, Mike's brother Greg, who also lives with me, uh, said, "I guess they're not Arkell's fan, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> so then I realized that my my backpack's been stolen, and in the backpack, um, so a list of things that are uh, missing: my laptop, my sunglasses, my backpack. But in my backpack, there's also my passport. I'm Ooh. supposed to go on a family trip with my dad and a friend to go see some baseball games in America this week. So the whole week, I'm like, oh, this is going to be such a pain. I'm going to have to go to the passport office first thing in the morning and do and spend like an extra like $200 to get the whole thing expedited. Uh, so that's what I do this morning. So I'm, so Lauren is my guarantor. I get her to <laughs> sign all the junk, you know, like saying that I am who I say I am, all the paperwork. Um, one of the things they say is, hey, the back of your photo that I had to take on Sunday, like in the passport photo, yeah. that needs to be signed by your guarantor, Lauren. It's not signed right now. So I say, oh, okay, she's standing right outside. I'm going to go get her to sign it right now. <laughs> so I just call Lauren. I say, Lauren, I got to forge your signature. She's like, okay, go for it. So I forge Lauren's signature. I bring it back. I hand the thing in. I think I'm in the clear. They said, oh, we'll probably be able to get it to you by Tuesday, 24 hours. I'm like, okay, sweet. Lauren then calls me. One of the investigators there calls her and says, ah, so you're the guarantor for Max Kerman? She says, yeah. It's like, you signed, uh, what did you sign exactly? She said, I signed the paperwork. She said, no, did you, what did you sign exactly? Did you sign anything but the paperwork and Lauren who I haven't really told I didn't confirm with her that you were forging your I was forging her thing she said no and Lauren Lauren's not a good liar she's a very honest person (laughs) so she said yeah just the just the paperwork oh and so and so anyway the, the investigator goes oh okay I'll talk to you later and then Lauren calls me in a panic saying 
Max, they know that, like, did you sign my name? We didn't confirm this. Now I told them I only signed the paperwork. She backed me into a corner. She has all these <laughs> tactics. Was, I felt like I was under the white, the, the hot light. Um, so then I, I missed a call from the government. So the government, so I was like, I, was, I called the person back. I was like, hey, how's it going? Because I know I'm in trouble. And the, and the woman says, uh, so Lauren says she only signed the one document. Do you know who signed the, the photo? So I said, yeah, I called Lauren. I've, I've been with her for a long time. She said I could, she authorized me. I was trying to use very official language. Like she authorized me <laughs> to sign, to forge her signature. And um, so uh, she, uh, the person's like, yeah, I, I think that that's what I figured happened. I, I could kind of tell what was going on. I was like, ah. I was like, yeah, but I'm in a real panic. My house has been robbed. You got to understand. You got to understand. Um, and so she said, you know, this has been given to a whole other division of the government who are going to be investigating this. And it's up to them to review it and either like allow it or you're going to have to start from scratch. So I was like, God damn it. So anyway, as this is all happening, I get a phone call from the Hamilton police and the Hamilton police say, got news for you. Lauren's been arrested Lauren, for forging documents. Lauren, Lauren's a known con woman. <laughs> uh, got news for you. Got, I got news for you. We recovered your laptop. Whoa! That's been stolen. Whoa! It turns out they caught this guy in a dumpster, going through somebody's dumpster in North Hamilton, and uh, on him, and they had a laptop, and when you open it up, it says my name on it. So they called me and they said, come on down, retrieve your laptop. So I was like, yeah, all right, things are looking up, which is pretty amazing. In my mind, as I was going to the police station, though, I did have these sort of like fantasies where I'd see the guy behind a glass. You want to confront him? No, I, I kind of go the other way. I go, I'm going to change your life. I'm going to turn your life around. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is so narcissistic of me. What has happened in your life that's led you down this path? I was like, you know what? I'm going to be your sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was the fantasy going through my head. And then, and then I You know started, what, man? Keep the laptop. Yeah, I started envisioning like uh, headlines and the Hamilton Spectator, Arkell's singer turns local you know, thieves Thief. of his life around. <laughs> anyway, we never got to that. I just got my laptop and got the hell out of there. Right. But uh, anyway, so the grand scheme of things, I am up a laptop. Yep. Uh, I am down a passport. Still, my, my backpack and sunglasses are still missing. Uh, haven't turned that guy's life around. Nope. And uh, that was my weekend. It looks like it's going to work out for you. I hope you get your passport soon. It'll be fine. Let's get into the show. Let's get into it. This is the MMVA special. It's a big episode. This week, we have three guests. We have Debbie Ryan, who is a Disney Channel star, also has a band. We have Tyler Posey, who is the star of MTV's Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we have Max's close personal friend, Sean Mendez, mm-hmm. come on. And, uh, My boy, I feel like an older brother to Sean. Yeah? Yeah. Actually, did he call you a mentor in our interview? <laughs> I, think, I think he did. We'll have to listen We'll back. have to listen back to that. <laughs> um, so yeah, <laughs> let's set it up, Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at the MMVAs. Normally at the MMVAs, because I work for much, I would be running around behind the scenes doing a bunch of producery things for uh, the stuff that our department does at the Bell Creative Agency, like that much closers and sort of artist IDs, things of that nature. Max uh, was actually invited to the show. I was a presenter. Uh, Mike D and I got to present something with uh, Liz, Liz Trenier. So Max is presenting, mm-hmm. um, and we have this opportunity because we're doing this podcast, uh, much as like, hey, do you guys want to have like your own room? So there's a sort of like backstage area where all of the media gets to hang out. So it's like Entertainment Tonight Canada, MTV.com. There's like an international press room. And then hilariously, <laughs> Much hooked us up with our own like Mike on Much podcast sort of media uh, room. And by room, 
uh, it was like kind of like a, a closet. It was, it was more of a closet. We were grateful for it. Oh yeah, we're yeah. This is uh, we're not slagging much at all. The fact that we even got our own closet was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Forever grateful. Yeah. So uh, we get there and we start setting up, and we're both kind of pulling double duty because it's like I kind of got some other things that I'm doing that I would normally do for my job. Max is literally presenting at the award, but you know he's a great sport, so he gets there a couple hours early. It was really fun because because I've been to the awards a couple of times. There's a lot of schmoozing and people you don't even want to see really. So I was like. <laughs> I'd rather just hang out with Mike and try to interview some celebrities, uh, even though I'm supposed to be a celebrity. So yeah, so we're in the room and um, there's people coming through, and we're like, and we oh. had high hopes. You know, when we saw the red oh. carpet, we're like, Gigi Hadid is going to love us. As a producer, Max had his like list, and he was like, I want Gigi Hadid, blah 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 blah. It just kind of stopped with Gigi Hadid. Yeah, that was it. Actually, he just wanted Gigi Hadid. Uh, no, but you'll get who sort of comes through. So we were very lucky. Uh, Debbie Ryan was the first one, and Max, you were actually presenting while she did the interview. Yeah, so I missed it. You were texting me like, "We got Debbie Ryan. Get over here." And I was yeah. like, "I'm busy." Yeah, we got one. We got an interview because yeah. we sat around for a good hour just watching like um, the teleprompter. Yeah, like watch Jason Derulo walk by and ignore our room. Yeah, yeah. He did look cool though. He looked very cool. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't come in our room if I was Jason no, Derulo. Like, that closet? No way, Jose. <laughs> so we did that interview. Which you guys will hear. Mm-hmm. She clears what up. What was she like, by the way? She was great, actually. Yeah. She was just really loose and funny. And um, I heard she laughed at one of your jokes. That's what Birchall told me. <laughs> well, it was funny because I like I did the joke, but it was kind of like a quick switcheroo, and like nobody reacted. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the first interview of the night, and I'm like, oh, we're off to a terrible start. Like these people are just staring at me. And then it was like one beat, two beat, and then she she, then she got, got it. She started laughing, and I was connection like, connection was made. Whew. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it took a took a second there, and and then I felt settled. And by the way, a little detail, I'm in a full tuxedo. Because like you always wear tuxedos, right? Well, that's how I roll. Yeah. Uh, no, so People I'm in always a- say Mike's the sharpest guy in the office. <laughs> he wears a tuxedo every day. Yeah, that man dresses for success <laughs> or he's insane. Uh, so um, anyway, I'm sitting in, a, in this closet in a tuxedo uh, because you'll hear a lot about it because it ties into Shane's story at the end. Shane and I were both in tuxedos, but Shane wasn't with me at this point. He was doing his own thing at another part of the awards. So I'm looking like a cool guy. You're wearing a tuxedo for some reason. We were an odd twosome. Odd twosome. So after Debbie Ryan, Mm -hmm. Tyler Posey comes in from MTV's Teen Wolf. And that dude's got charisma. He was, he was like a ball of fire. Like he just rolled in. He's telling stories. He's like the most charming guy there. You'll hear all about it. Yeah. And then after Tyler Posey, uh, we get Sean Mendez. And so, <laughs> so the <laughs> set it up, Max. Yeah. So a little backstory. So our publicist, Shelly at Universal, who is awesome, she also reps Sean Mendez. Mm. So I've been bugging her. Um, to say we need the Mike on much needs a Sean Mendez interview, and she's like Max, will you respond to me about the Arkells request that I've been asking? I'm like, I, I don't got time for that. We need Mendez. So then um, she'd be like, okay, maybe at the Junos, you know, this dude is like the most hyped new artist in the world. I use the word hyped. Who the hell uses the word hyped? Uh, and uh, and you know, he gets tons of press requests. But maybe at the Junos, you can like be pals with him. And I was like, okay. So at the Junos. I see him in the hallway. I'm like, hey, Sean Arkells, how's it going? Oh, we had to do this, the signing at Lime Ridge Mall, like where a bunch of the Juno artists were there and a bunch of screaming children were there. Yeah. And none of them knew who the Arkells were, but they all were there for Sean Mendez. <laughs> so I covered a Sean Mendez song. That's a smart play. It was a smart play. Uh, and they all liked it. All the, all the kids liked it. So I was like, Sean, do you hear that I covered your song? And he's like, who's this grown man 
trying to <laughs> impress me. Uh, and then we won uh, at the Junos, and then we were walking down the aisle to get to the stage, and Sean Mendes was to the right, so I did the thing where I went on my way to like high five him or like handshake him and do like a bro hug thing. I saw that on TV. Yeah, and yeah. Like, yes, yeah, as a producer move. So this yeah. is all set in the scene for can we get Sean on the mic on much podcast. So then the MMVAs roll around, and I'm like, Shelly, we got a we got a closet set up. Will Sean come out and hang out in our closet? <laughs> and Shelly totally came through. She spurned the rest of the media. It's true. And she said, the only press Sean is doing is with the Mike on Watch podcast. So we got five minutes with Sean. So basically, you know, we like to do long form interviews. Like we would have loved to have talked to Debbie or Tyler or Sean for an extended period. But what happened was there was a publicist. There was one small little window at the bottom of the door frame. Yeah. So the door would shut and there was like a little window, like on a submarine, like a little circle. Yes. And so like at about the four minute mark, the lady that was running the press room would come down and she'd give us the wrap it up sign through the window. Yeah. And I, we try to ignore her, but then because we're sort of mama's boys, we'd be like, eh, okay, we gotta, gotta go. play by the rules. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was a great time. We did not get Gigi Hadid. Or Fallout Boy. Uh, or Jason Derulo. Or Nate Roos. Uh, or Ed Sheeran. No. But we're very happy with the way the episode turned out. And, and one last thing, uh, Shelly, who really did come through, who's your and Sean's publicist, didn't she say a little something? Yeah, she said to me, you owe me. And then I said, you'd never say that to Sean Mendes. <laughs> Respect me. <laughs> Our record just went gold. <laughs> Is that true? It did just go gold. Congrats, Max. But it wasn't gold at the time, so it was worth nothing to her. No, she didn't care at all. Yeah, but if that had happened today. Now you're gold. Yeah. With Sean Mendes. Sean Mendes is probably like a diamond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to it. We, we asked uh, for a smaller room, but this is what we got. Yeah. Living in luxury. Yes. Uh, one of y'all want to. Yeah, so modest. Well, we're I can't on. mention so, that. Guys, how, how was Man, it? And we're rolling. I mean, a little bit disappointing that people can't see your incredible tuxedo look. Oh, I know. They right. put me in this, this closet here, and I, I know. But thank you for you, you noticed so it. You look so nice. It. They yeah. did give you a bigger room. Thing. I mean, you kind of <laughs> steal my saw look. The tux, we're like, all right, this guy, yeah. we'll give him a bigger room. No, you know what? It didn't, doesn't matter that I'm in a small room. I'm like, I, I, out of respect for the guests, I want to dress up. It feels yeah, intimate. Yeah. You did, you stole my look. <laughs> but, it's true, but you're pull, you're better. You're pulling wait, it off way better than I all the candles. No, don't yeah. push that. <laughs> welcome. Yes, welcome. Stay tart tart. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, no. We've you guys walked fun. the red carpet? We, we walked. Yeah. We, we, like, mostly scurried. Okay. Yeah, there's, like, a lot of uh, people and screaming. Uh, I turned around, and there was a man in a Speedo at one point. I told my father not to come, but it is Father's Day. Uh, here's the thing. When you guys come to red carpet like that, there- <laughs> Yo, that was so subtle. Yeah, no, I, I was, I was like, I don't think they caught it, but I'm going to yeah. keep it moving. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, when you're on a red carpet like that, I mean, do you guys find it like incredibly intimidating with all of the screaming, or do you guys sort of? You know, I think it? that like if there were three screams, I, I would, I would hide. Like- but when it's like a wall of them, it all kind of blends into one massive collective scream, so it's which like, all right. it's a lot more comforting than you think that it would be. Um, it's nice. I actually, I have like a scream app. I fall asleep to the sound. Because <laughs> one versus three. It's one giant scream versus three. Correct. Like, intense yeah. screams. So right. And, and so like, screams are comforting then? You said you have a scream app that you fall asleep to? Yeah, I fall asleep to the sound of just like a fan adoration. I mean, it's <laughs> it's mostly like I, I like pay, I like paid my mom and like my grandma and these guys to come in and just like scream and I looped it a bunch screams. of times. Yeah, but like it makes me feel adored. It makes I me feel imagine. validated. Pumps up the self-confidence. Some yeah. people fall asleep to the undulating of the ocean. You sure. enjoy the screams of the Yeah, no, the, the ocean, that would be stressful. <laughs> <laughs> that um, would feel intimidating. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, if we're going to be real, I, I, I do have like 
pretty serious social anxiety, um, which is really funny and interesting that I have done what I've done. And I started acting because it felt like hiding in plain sight. It felt like being able to say, okay, here I am, but you're hiding behind a character and you're feeling emotions and people are watching you break your own heart and laugh and experience life. But ultimately they're experiencing seeing a character do it, you know, so they can't tell you that you're wrong in the way that you interpret those feelings. And so the problem is, and the beauty is that with that comes a lot of public attention. And I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm really glad that the boys came with me. They're kind of like, so like to do it with your best friends, it's so much easier. Sure. Because for years, it was just like me on that carpet and you feel like you're like almost against like a firing squad. It's everyone screaming and they're yelling and you're standing there like nothing I do is going to be good enough. Like it's terrifying to me. And I definitely like hyperventilate and like loop around the car on the block like a couple times. And then, you know, you breathe through it and you... You focus on one thing at a time, and you focus on, like, for me, it's about, like, why I do it. And being here and and really representing the band for the first time, you know, we've been secretly kind of working on this undercover in our tiny lockouts in our studios in L.A., really doing it, you know, with ourselves and and making sure that it's really what we want to present to the world. And so now, kind of as a a band, really for the first time, stepping out at an event and something as epic and fun and awesome as the MMVAs has been so cool because... I actually watched it. I lived in um, Vancouver for a bit because I was working. So I'm a little more in tune with Canadian culture than a lot of people in a weird way um, as far as, like, a lot of, like, Americans, I guess. But even people that have never, you know, really tuned in. There are tons of people who watch the MMBAs in L.A. So all of our families and all of our friends are so excited that we're going to be here. I mean, with things like acting and sort of music, uh, it seems like that's, to get to the heart of it, you love doing the creative, but then this Mm -hmm. other stuff, like coming out to events like this, where there's like people streaming, you're talking about this anxiety. Do you see that as sort of like a necessary evil to be able to do the creative stuff? Like it's almost like that's the work part? Or is there a part that does enjoy it, even though you do have the anxiety? I think it's a little bit of both. I think, you know, it's a necessary evil, but what's so cool is when you get, down to it, people are screaming and people are stopping in the street and people are whatever because the work that I did in a tiny little soundstage and the work that we were doing in tiny little studios that are songs birthed out of broken hearts and crazy relationships and falling in love, like these really personal experiences that we're putting out there, people around the world scream and freak out because that has touched them and affected connecting them. connecting with something you're yeah, doing. Yeah, and so if you think about it as being screamed at, of course it's terrifying. If you think about it as people being so passionate about the fact that you are there and sharing what you share with them, it really, you know, I think it's just, it's about perspective, I guess. All right, well, what are you guys going to do with the rest of your time in Toronto? Um, I'm going to take a really good nap. Nice. Like okay. a really good yeah. one. Kensington Market. There you go. Load up on the Skate. clothes. Bring Load back to up LA. On the coast. Johnny brought a skateboard and he literally all night just like skated around the city. He got lost. Him. We didn't hear about it. Yeah. Hear him from him for like two hours. My yeah. perception of Toronto is it's like if New York City and Seattle had a baby. Yeah. And that baby grew up to a really kind and well-rounded human. That's Toronto to me. <laughs> we'll take that as a compliment. It is. And, the, yeah. It's a which biggest is compliment. that that you just proved the point. Yeah. <laughs> it's a compliment. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for doing this. Of and, uh, enjoy the rest of your night. Hey, I'm Matt. Hey, buddy, Tyler. Good to meet you. Wait, did we, did we not meet earlier? You might have met earlier. I'm presenting. I'm in a band called Arkells, but I'm also helping with this podcast. Yeah. Um, he, he wears two hats. He's producing the podcast, but Dude, he's also I, a presenter. Uh, I, uh, you wrote down, you guys wrote down a question in one of those things, and I answered your question. Oh, okay, so we ha- we did this thing where, uh. Um, yeah, yeah, close the door. That <laughs> That's so obnoxious that you got my question. Got, it's got, an obnoxious <laughs> question. So the question was, what's a, a question that you hate getting? So the question I hate getting is, where did the name Arkells come from? 
but that and but it's you have to give it to for the next person to answer. Got you. So you got it, and I got it. And you want to hear my answer? Well, yeah. What was your answer? This is what, this is what it was. I was like, okay. Well, I pretended that I was in the band. I was in your band, you know. And so I was like, all right. Well, how how this band name got started is that we were all skateboarders. I was skateboarding, and I, and I, I I did a trick, and it hurt my Achilles tendon. And I was like, ow, my Achilles are. <laughs> and then somebody's like, did you just say? <laughs> Honestly, that was pretty quick. I'm gonna go with that whenever anybody asks me. I'm you gonna should. go with a skateboarder story. <laughs> I was like, Achilles are. <laughs> and then he switched it around, and it it happened. It, it, you know what? It flowed somehow. Did the yes and like improv, or because uh, that was a pretty good uh, thing it to was, come up with. It was very improv. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty quick sometimes. Yeah. But I like I'm quick at like dick jokes. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's because we're in a closet right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, do you have an example of a dick joke? Then? Yeah. I'm just gonna show you my penis. No. Yeah. And you're oh, laugh. holy shit! He just and pulled it out. There it is. It, yep. And you're laughing. <laughs> Tada! What was your next question that you asked? I this is I get this question all the time, uh-huh. and it actually it's it's kind of what inspired me to. So I, I I host things, and I'm kind of an aspiring host, and I interview bands, and I, I met Echo Smith and Tori Kelly because I did this MTV Artist to Watch thing, and I, and I interviewed all these people, and one of the worst questions is. Uh, what are the, what is, what's the craziest prank you've ever played on set? Because like people want to people want to get want to get insight in the backstage and behind the scenes and all that. But the prank thing is just like, what am I in f- third grade? I don't I don't pull pranks. We have a lot of fun. We're, we're we, yeah, but we it's have, a job, and I'm trying to take the job, job seriously. You know, it's, yeah. it's seriously, and 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 we still have a lot of fun. But like I I don't know. I just I I don't I never have any. I don't do any pranks. I'm just not a prankster. Yeah, I'm fun. We're I'm like naturally funny, and we do funny shit. But like. I was just never done a prank, so that was my question. So I'm curious to see who gets that one. Uh, I wonder, like, what sort of pranks like Gigi Hadid plays on, like Taylor Swift. A lot of ball sweat, I've heard. <laughs> that's, that's how she rolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. With with like an, a, an event like this, like you said, people want to see behind the scenes. They want to know all that. Right. So like like for you coming up to Toronto and sort of doing the MMVAs, walk us a bit through what that looks like. Like, how do you first find out you're coming up here to do this? Oh man, this was actually a, a really huge for me. I uh, I spent four years of my life in Toronto when I was a kid, from eight years old to twelve. I was filming a TV show here, and I have been back since. And what was the show? Doc. It was called Doc, starring okay. Billy Ray Cyrus. And, oh, okay. Uh, it's an old school. I remember show. that. Do you really? It was like it was like yeah, like it's like a distant memory. But I remember yeah. it was like it shot up here. Yeah, and it was yeah, like yeah. yeah. Where did you live when Years you were ago, I lived all over the place. I lived on Bay Street, oh. uh, this apartment complex, and then I, I had a place at the Westin, uh, the Sutton Place. How uh, was Billy Ray? Billy was great, man. Yeah, was so, Miley around so a lot? Miley was actually yeah, and she we became friends. We were the only kid because he brought his family with him, and I was I was eight, she was seven or something like that. Oh wow. And we were, our, we were, we were, became really good friends. Wow. And, uh, and we're like, were your parents up here with you? They absolutely, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah. they just moved up to Toronto. Uh-huh. Pretty uh huh. Yeah. I mean, were your parents? I mean, you've been acting from a really young age. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you you played Jennifer Lopez's son in right. Made in Manhattan. I was like ten. I was like yeah, thirteen years that's ago. My Do you still keep in touch with Jayla? No way. No, I don't. <laughs> what do you mean you're kidding? No, I loved it. I'm, I'm leaving. Kidding. Ray Fiennes is one of my favorite actors. He I'm played leaving. the guy, right? He did play the guy. There you go. All right. I'm pulling from the way back bank here. You are, dude. But um, I mean, so did your parents from like a very early age like encourage acting? Yeah, my dad is an actor and a writer and has been since uh, not too long before I was born and so as soon as I was old enough he, he well he would bring me to set to kind of babysit me if my mom was busy he would bring me to set with him and uh, and I was just really enamored by the whole thing I, would, I, would, I wouldn't fall asleep I'd be there for 12 hours on end and, and I would just be kind of interested in the whole entire process and so he he was like well this is interesting and, and he took me to a couple auditions and then literally ever since then man I've been I've been I've been working 
Has he, like, has he taken on an active role as like a coach when you were younger? Absolutely, and still is, man. Whenever, whenever I need help with anything, I go great to character. Him and, you guys will chat about. Yeah, it absolutely, and yeah, and it's it's a great it's a great thing that we have with each other, and we're best friends, and it's it's perfect, man. It's a, it's a great scenario. So they move up here with you. My mom moved up here with me um, for about we for four years, you know. But like we would go back and forth, and the longest we were here was like nine months on end. And then my brothers moved up here with me, and my dad was busy at home acting and producing and writing. And was he so, in anything that we? Uh, uh, he did. He's no? done literally every guest spot uh, ever. Uh, Seinfeld, Cheers, Frasier. No, was he in Frasier? Something like that. So um, working actor, all he, these great yeah, guest spots. Always, yeah. always, always guest spotting on stuff. Um, and uh, so you, you definitely, you definitely know him. If yeah. you see him, you would know him. Um, but yeah, man, I my mom moved up here with me, and we had a great time with each other, and uh, I literally fell in love with Toronto, and I, and I haven't been back since. So this is a huge moment for me. Man. So so you found out that you're you're gonna have an opportunity to to be at the MMVAs. Yeah. And how, so how many people like do you travel with when you come up to one of these like I'm, circuit I'm, functions? I'm super things? low key. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't bring a posse with me. Um, I've got my one of my best buddies here with me. And that's it. It's just he and I. So he's just your friend, just yeah. to be like I need more uh, like moral support kind of thing. Yeah, well, just or just someone fun. to party with after just the party. Just someone to party with, yeah. just someone to have fun. I didn't want to come here alone, you know. And I don't, I don't, I don't like coming with a posse. I don't like coming with, um, you know, my my reps, you know, because I can handle my own. And mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, I just wanted. I he's a great buddy of mine, and 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 I wanted I wanted to bring him with me, and and he's never really been to anything like this before. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. It, it's a great experience. I love. That's one of my favorite parts about doing what I do. You know, I have all these hometown friends that I grew up with. You know, before I quote unquote got famous and shit. And I love bringing them to these places and just and and just seeing them experience it because it, it, people who don't experience this stuff like day in and day out like we do, it's it's really interesting to see them react to it. You know, it's and, magical. And it really is, and they love it. You know, and they're really appreciative of it. So it's uh, it's a good moment. It, it is magical, man. It really is for yeah. them. It's huge, huge moment. Well, we're being told to wrap up. Otherwise, I think we could chat for who a long the time. F- I know, I, it's killing me, son of a bitch. Here's the thing: this is normally a long format podcast where okay. we like talk for half hour. We get into like lineage, like we've talked to. So a bunch you guys of are you guys have your own podcast? This is our show on much. Yeah, Max produces like it's we incredible, host. Man, I just started my own podcast too. You're saying you interview well, bands? Well, next time you're up, or if we get you on the phone, we'd love to do a good half hour, forty minutes with you because, yeah, homie, absolutely. Yeah, man, absolutely, dude. All right, okay. What? Well, no, one more oh, question. Got one more. We got one more Extra question. Point. All right. So he. So what is your like? Health regimen when you're traveling because oh, it's have one, man. you don't. I, I guess you're young enough that he doesn't yeah, have to worry. Yeah. About. You don't work out or anything. Like I can that? get away with it. No, I, I, I don't. I don't work out. I poop a lot. That's that's literally my working <laughs> yeah, out. That's yeah. the key. Like, that's, that's the key. As you poop and you yeah, like look my, at me. I, I'm start. I'm starting to. Um, I'm starting to eat healthier and I, need, I know I know I need to eat healthier and and uh, but I don't I don't I don't so you know at 6 a.m. we won't see you at the Four Seasons gym just like pumping iron no, hell no you'll see me in passed out in the bar with, <laughs> with a sandwich in my hand all right we'll see you at the horseshoe after or that's the shoes. after party is that where we're going yeah, yeah man the, he's getting up he's singing some songs are you really you gotta get up and sing some songs do you know Jumpin' Jack Flash by the Rolling Stones there'll be a bunch that you'll know yeah get up get on up okay dude if you let me I will it's an open invitation man this is great man Thanks. Good, man. Yeah? Chilling in this crazy closet. Yeah, how you been? Good, man. Really good. What was it like? I mean, your first MMVA is performing. Awesome. Really awesome. Really, really cool. The crowd was electric and first time with a band, really, um, like a real band. And yeah, it was really fun. It's fascinating because like a lot of people want to see sort of like, they want to look behind the scenes and know what that kind of experience is like. Like, what was the moment that you found out you were asked to perform? Like, who told you? Um, It actually wasn't very long ago. Um, It was like... 
and I, 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 there's a guy named Tony who works at Universal Music, um, and I always like to say like, man, I got to, I got to perform the MMVA. It's like you gotta make it happen. I gotta make it happen. He's like, I got you, I got you. So like one day, like, I'm like, hey man, MMVA. He's like. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> That's cool. So uh, so I know Dan Cantor. And, yeah, he's the man. And Dan is the man. And for our listeners, Dan is the musical kind of a director for Justin Bieber. Right, and, and he, he did my band today. And, and, he, and he, I knew he, he was working with you. So how right. does that work when you're preparing for, like, a, an award show like this, like a performance in an award show? Like, what sort of, like, conversations do you have with Dan to say, like, this is kind of what I want to convey during the I think, like, Dan did a really good job of just kind of figuring out on his own what I would like. And then when we met up, we met up at a rehearsal space and I kind of just added a couple little things and it was pretty much perfect. Um, he had the vision. Like, we basically just reproduced the song in, in a cool, kind of still acoustic style way with real band and real music. So it was really fun. How, how does getting your band, like, how did your band come together? Like, was it um, yeah, or through, through, auditions? Or? Yeah, there was a couple auditions. But, I mean, I know piano player and uh a guy I write a lot of songs with, his name's Max. Um, he actually knew a couple of the guys, like the drummer. Um, um, so, and Dan knew a couple of guys. So, and we, they all came together really quick, and we gel really well. Yeah, when you're building a band, I mean, like, what matters more to you, like the musicianship or the chemistry? Or does it have to be a marriage of both? It has to be a marriage of both, definitely. I think, like, you, you, if no matter how good your band is, if you're not, if you have no chemistry with them, it's going to be shitty, you know? Yeah. But yeah. if you have a really good chemistry and it's like I'd honestly prefer I'd r- honestly prefer really good chemistry um, but I think yeah we have that I gelled really well with the band tonight yeah so it, when it comes to because you've been torn like everywhere I know you spent a bunch of time in Canada but in the states are there any particular places that you're sort of like oh my god the people are really connecting with the tunes like I'm in oh, Arizona yeah. or something um, like, is there any place in particular that sticks out to you well I did my first arena show in Connecticut the other day was it your show? Or was yeah, it? my own headline show. 8,000 people. Wow. Sold How many out. people? 8,000. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, Connecticut. Yeah. Makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was good, man. I really... How long is your set? Uh, an hour. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you, are you throwing any covers yeah, in there? any covers? Uh, yeah, there's one, Thinking Out Loud, and I do Alicia Keys Fallen. Wow. Yes. And so after the set, are you like, okay, this worked, this didn't work? This totally. Worked. Every it, show. Every show. Every show is different. And who are you leaning on, like, for to to give you that sort of like, sort of confidence, or but also just like, hey, what do you what did you think of that part? Of yeah, the set? so honestly, I've pulled out fans from the audience and like asked them. Oh, really? A little yeah. like market research. Yeah, yeah, and it works. You know, they they let you know what they like that you know you know what they didn't really like. And eight thousand people in Connecticut. Oh, yeah, what a life. We're so happy for <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. That's Thank amazing. You. Yeah. All right, I know you gotta go. Yeah. Hey, Have a great night. Guys. Appreciate it. All yeah. right, Thanks, great job tonight. Don't, don't, don't get claustrophobic in here. I know. Just, just leave. I might die in here, actually. I, just burst out. This is actually where the after party, the official after party is after in party here. After party here, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you guys some vodka. Appreciate we'll bring it. it in. Shane, how's it going? Very good. That's good. So this is the MMVA special. It is. It's exciting. Uh, what did you do for the MMVAs? It was one of the busiest days of my life. I guess the, the the easiest thing I had to do was shoot a Bud Light commercial. Yes. So I had one hour to shoot a Bud Light commercial and have it go to air afterwards. Immediately after that, I had to walk the red carpet in a tuxedo as like one of the creators. We walked together. You and I walked together. No one, n- not a single soul knows who the f- we are. Like barely people who work <laughs> in the building know, know who we are. Like I don't talk to anybody in the building except for like you and Max when he's always in the building. Uh, <laughs> but like I'm just like awkwardly walking 
the red carpet as no one is giving a shit. And then I'm also filming a streeter segment at the same time in unison with this. So I'm trying to be funny because there's a cameraman videotaping me supposedly being funny. So I'm like fake signing a bunch. I'm forcibly signing (laughs) a bunch of kids uh, papers for autographs who do not want my autograph at all. (laughs) And I'm hopping in photos with celebrities who are taking selfies. Uh, I I was on the red carpet with Shane and uh, they're filming us and I, I kind of lose him for a minute because I'm kind of walking and it is very weird and uncomfortable. And then I, I turn around and I realize Shane's not with me and I look over and I see that Bella Thorne is signing papers and Shane's leaning in beside her, signing a paper, but trying to get into the shot with Bella Thorne. Oh, I got into the shot. <laughs> oh, you did. I exploded laughing and she was just there and I guess she thought you were somebody. And- she was like, okay. <laughs> a a big I was like, star. I'm on the red carpet. Uh, like she doesn't know who I am. <laughs> So I walk the red carpet awkwardly. Then I, I grab my microphone. I do an interview for the Streeter segment. I get a, l- a mini little interview with Nick Jonas. And then the uh, hockey player dude, I talked to him for a bit. He didn't like me either. Like the world's best hockey player was Connor McDavid. Yeah, yeah. Then he didn't like me at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were a real hit. You were making an impression on yeah. all the guests. Just for some context, uh, Shane and I were both in matching tuxedos because um, sometime before the MMVAs, uh, do you, you want to set this up? It's your segment. Uh, even thinking about this is giving me extreme anxiety. It was one of the worst <laughs> days of my life, in case I haven't mentioned that already. But Well, I'll, I'll give it a little bit of context. So uh, Mike and Shane call me and say, hey, we are going to be the official MCs of the after party. So we're going to go introduce the Sheepdogs, who are like the surprise guests at the after party. There's a bunch of after parties of the MMVAs, but the coolest one is at the Horseshoe, and it's for all the staff that have been working the MMVAs. There's rumors swirling that Ed Sheeran is going to be there and might jump up on stage at two in the morning. So the uh, higher-ups at Much say, Shane and Mike, you guys are sort of, I know you're producers, but you're also sort of new talent. We want you to host the show. And you guys, you're telling me all this, and you say, and guess what, Max? We're also wearing tuxedos. We call the meeting with one, one of the, the higher-ups, and we're just like, we only have one demand. We wear tuxedos. <laughs> And they were like, oh, okay, uh, that's weird, but sure. Uh, so on the company card, uh, like as if the expectations couldn't get any higher, we asked for, we got Vero Wang tuxedos. Are yeah. those fancy ones? Yeah, they were like 500 bucks. Oh my God. For, to rent. <laughs> that's like yeah. half the budget of this show. I the vest also, by the way. <laughs> you did? Yes. So I'm very nervous about this, but I'm also the emceeing gig. But I'm somewhat confident because Mike and I, we have MC experience. We emceed a wedding uh, uh, like a year prior, last summer, mm-hmm. and we f***ing murdered it. Like we brought the house down like never before. People were hanging on our every word. Like So like, yeah, what we do like for the wedding specifically is we get together and we'd like sort of write out a bunch of stuff. We'd like work out like a five minute bit. We'd rehearse the shit out of it. And then we'd basically get up there and do it like at the wedding was the plan. I like to be super prepared when I'm doing stuff because I get unbelievably nervous for any time anyone's looking at me, let alone like if I'm talking on a microphone. Like I was nervous walking the red carpet, just people merely looking at me, let alone if you have something to say. So what Mike and I did for this MC gig, every night we would uh, get, get together and kind of write our bit out and we would record it and then we'd hear and we'd listen to what was f***ed up about it, rewrite it perform it, perform it, perform it until we finally had a recording that was good enough to listen to over and over and over again. And then I list, this sounds psychotic, I realize this, but I'd listen to it in my sleep 
So it would subconsciously get in my oh, brain. You had it on loop on your iPhone? I had it on loop on my <laughs> iPhone because I want it in my subconscious in case I freak out on stage. My brain will just be like, here's the next line. It's my brain's voice. Uh, so, and then as the final precaution, because you sent us kind of a worrisome email, Max. You what were, did I say? You were like, eh, guys, you know, this isn't like a wedding. Like people aren't, <laughs> people might be drunk. They might not be listening to your ever word. The horseshoe isn't like necessarily Massey Hall in terms of, uh, you know, focus on the stage. I instantly pissed my pants upon hearing this information. So we have to perform it for you now. Oh, yeah. So Max was the judge. So Max comes over and we perform the hell out of this uh, MC routine. I loved it. It was amazing. You're like, don't change a thing, guys. This is perfect. I'm on cloud nine. I'm like, oh, this guy in this arena band, the four Junos. I'm like, we're going to can kill this mic i'm like drunk on happiness i send mike an email i'm like no matter what we kill this tomorrow i don't give a shit it's like (laughs) for sure so uh the moment's about to happen like i've done my commercial i've done the streeters now it's just waiting for our moment to go on stage the second i walk into the horseshoe this eerie feeling goes over me the vibe is not right. Like, these people are not going to give a shit about us. No. I'm like, f*** it. Let's just not do it at all. Like, f*** it. And, but I know we're going to do it. I just know. We've practiced too much. We've, we're past the point of no return. We're wearing the f***ing tuxes. <laughs> we're sweating our justify that up. purchase. Yeah. It was very hot. I don't say a word to anyone. I just go under the air conditioner and space out and just think about every line I'm going to say. Well, Mike's kind of just schmoozing and hanging with his girlfriend. Anyways, uh, look at the stage, and the band guys are just walking on. Like, they're just about to play. I'm like, and you were supposed to introduce We're supposed to introduce this whole show. thought it would be, like, more organized. And that's like, oh, now you guys, it's start the night, and then the band will go on. But then the band's just going on. The band's just going on. So I do, like, a thank God in my mind. I'm like, we're not going to have to do it. But Mike is, like, the consummate performer. Like, you know, he's toured with Headley and everything. So he's like, no, I'm getting on stage. So he goes up and talks to the, the band. He's like, no, no, no. We, we got a little bit to do beforehand. <laughs> Guy's like, oh, totally cool. Go do your bit. <laughs> what it is is that I was like, I, it's like it's an exchange of goods. It's like we were given the tuxes. We need to do our half of the bargain. It's just a testament to your professionalism. Like, <laughs> you're the true pro. And I'm like, if shit it goes remotely bad, bail bail shit <laughs> but you're like no 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 let's do this so uh <laughs> we had this stupid opening bit where mike's supposed to go like are you guys ready to party like the whole like i can't hear you making you fun gonna- of when people do that as mc mm-hmm. but i had a dream like a horrible nightmare i should call it the night before <laughs> where mike goes uh are you guys ready to party and then i'm supposed to yell into the mic I don't think uh, you heard the man. He asked, are you guys ready to party? But in the nightmare, I yelled so loud, the mic went and did that thing. And it oh, was the feedback thing. The feedback thing. So in real life, I'm like, don't do the nightmare thing. Hold the mic as far away from possible because, uh. <laughs> because you're going to yell at the top of your lungs. I don't think he heard you. He said, are you guys ready to party? So I yell that, (laughs) and then people in the crowd are like, we can't hear what you're saying. (laughs) And then, uh, so I think the mic is broken, so I don't, I'm sweating my ass off. I just put the mic on the ground and grab another mic (laughs) and start talking, but people people are still like, we still can't hear you. (laughs) 
And then a guy somehow, like the voice of God, comes in the PA. He's like, don't put the mic on the ground. <laughs> the sound guy was pissed. Yeah, the, the sound guy goes, pick pick up the mic. You can't do that. And he, he's like, he's like uh, ripping me a new one from the thing. And then, so then we, Mike picks it up. And then I just go, f*** this. I go, f*** this shit. I don't want to do it. That part you managed to say into the mic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody heard you uh, bail, publicly bail on the performance. Yeah. Then the thing ends to like no applause, nothing. It's just like awkward. We walk off, like not off stage. We like walk and we hide in the backstage to go to the washroom. And Mike and I are just in total disbelief. We're like, what the f*** happened? Looking at each other. We're like, that was the worst f***ing shit ever. I'm like, I know. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Let's just hide in the washroom. (laughs) (laughs) We go down to the washroom and splash water on our faces and just like we're humiliated and we're pacing and we don't even want to see anyone in the washroom. Uh So I'm like, I'm just going to go hide in the stall. (laughs) So I'm sitting in the stall hiding. And then uh, someone walks in who I believe was uh, Mike's brother, Greg. And he's like, oh, man, Shane has no mic technique whatsoever. He's like, he bombed that. (laughs) And I'm just like in the stall, like fuming, like like I'm basically crying in the stall. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm just staying here all night. I'm not coming in. I'm just going to be here till the janitor is shows up. And then I, I had to like motivate myself. I was like, who gives a shit? Everyone's up. Everyone's so drunk this MMVA night. Just go up stairs, pretend like nothing happened. That's the move. And just own it. Like make fun of it. But then when I walk up stairs, Mike had left the washroom at this point too. And then you were just giving Mike like a motivational speech. I was like yeah. at the top. And I w- presumably like, don't worry, Shane, this up. <laughs> you would have no. killed it. But yeah. And then I just proceeded to use all my drink tickets. We got paid in drink tickets. Yes, and tuxedos, don't forget. And tuxedos to get obliterated. But here's the thing. I When you guys did the routine for me, I thought you guys were sort of loud and boombastic enough uh, to capture the crowd, but I, I probably miscalculated it too. Like I thought. So yeah. Most, I, yeah, I think it's Max's fault mostly. You f***ed <laughs> us. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Producer Max, at your service. So that was the MMVA night. One of the most humiliating experiences of my entire life. It was a good learning experience though. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And that is our MMVA special. Ta-da, we did it. Max, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, the Shane story will hopefully be an inspirational one for young entertainers. Don't make the mistakes we made. Yeah, exactly. It's a learning tale. Yeah. Or something. We want to thank all of our guests, Debbie Ryan, Tyler Posey, and Sean Mendez. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at Mike on Much. Our website is much.com slash Mike on Much. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell all your friends. All the artwork for the Mike on Much podcast is done by Jenna Gregory. You can find her work at jennasdoodles.com. The Mike on Much podcast is produced by Max Kerman, and I am your host, Mike Veerman. See you next week if we don't die on the weekend. <laughs>